if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. That is exactly what it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get underway on this Tuesday, the 21st morning, the first month of the year of our Lord 2020. Appreciate you being with us. Apologies if I sound a little bit, uh, a little bit raspy today, uh, battling what a lot of other people are battling as uh, winter finally arrived this week or this past weekend. Uh, but we'll get through it together. The voice is strong. It's just going to be a little bit raspy. That's all. A couple of great guests coming up today. Uh, perhaps the greatest, my favorite of the week, is uh, Peter Kersenow, Cleveland attorney and member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. He'll be with us at twenty or excuse me at ten ten to explain that he's really, really not white. Uh, there seems to be some confusion. If you missed this, the end of yesterday's show. First of all, shame on you. You should always listen to all of the show. But if something, emer- some emergency came up, and I'm kidding, of course, that uh, caused you to miss the end of yesterday's show, you did miss uh, this part of the story that Peter and I will discuss uh, coming up in our segment at 1010. Um, Peter wrote a new piece for the, uh, for the National Review last week. It was uh, about the 1619 Project, which is the New York Times um, research project that is being adopted by public schools in New York and elsewhere as being factual. It argues that the beginning of the United States of America didn't happen in 1776 uh, when we cast off the British crown, declared our independence, fought a war for our independence. That isn't the beginning of the uh, uh, of the United States. This country began with the importation of the first African slaves in 1619. This is their argument. They are wiping out all of actual American history and attempting to rewrite it from a racial perspective. Anyway, Peter Kersenow wrote a piece about that New York Times dangerous uh, revisionist history and was subsequently rebuked by an African-American online publication called The Root, a liberal uh, African-American-centric publication decided that Peter Kersenow was unqualified to question such things as a white man. Black history, it was headlined, according to white people. And they proceeded in the, uh, in the article to describe Kersenow's views as being strictly from the standpoint of white America. Kersenow writes whitely, etc., 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 and uh, nobody <laughs> bothered, nobody at the root, not the writer Michael Harriet, nor 
the editors at The Root bothered to maybe fact-check the story to find out that the entire premise of the article was garbage because Peter Kirstenau is, in fact, black. Uh, so Pete is going to join us to talk about his apparent whiteness. He didn't even know it. He said he's going to be really surprised when his wife finds out, or his wife is going to be really surprised, rather, when she finds out that he's a white guy. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, among other things, including, and of course, impeachment and what happened yesterday in Richmond. We're going to get into that with my first guest at uh, 935. Excuse me, my first guest at 935 is going to be a friend uh, and a listener. Um, and uh, one of our most dedicated and loyal listeners, to be honest with you, he comes to almost every uh, Salem event that we have. He sits at my table when we have dinners. Charlie Kalani is a business owner in Lakewood. And uh, Charlie and a crew of patriots w- drove from Lakewood slash Cleveland down to Virginia yesterday, like so many people did from around the country, some 25,000 strong, descending upon the governor's mansion, in Richmond to argue and uh, to protest the liberal Democrat governor and liberal Democratic legislature in Virginia's decision to essentially repeal the Second Amendment for Virginia. Not, not. I don't think that's hyperbole. I don't think that's overstating it. They try. They're trying to literally remove the Second Amendment from uh, Virginia. The Constitution is supposed to cover all of this country. It is supposed to provide all Americans in all 50 states with the right to keep and bear arms. But Virginia says, yeah, we're wiping that out. A series of pieces of legislation attempted to attempting to disarm law-abiding Virginians. Well, it wasn't just Virginians stomping the ground at the uh, governor's mansion yesterday. It was peaceful. I shouldn't even say stomping the ground. That almost indicates uh, radicalism. It almost indicates aggressiveness. There was no aggressiveness in Richmond yesterday, and my friend Charlie Colani will testify to that at 935. He'll tell us exactly what he saw and uh, the vantage point that he had for what was supposed to be a, a Charlottesville-esque uh, confrontation and battle between gun rights activists and Antifa and far leftists who are arguing on behalf of the governor of Virginia, Senator Blackface or Senator Klansman himself or not Senator, excuse me, Governor Blackface or Governor uh, Klansman himself. I say that, of course, because Governor Ralph Northam still can't remember all these years later when he was at a party while in medical school, and there's a photo of him in the medical school yearbook, uh, either as, with there, he admits he's one of the two in the photo, he just can't remember which. He doesn't want to admit to wearing a Klan outfit, complete with pointed hood, or Blackface. The photo, of course, very infamous now, shows a uh, party goer in a Klan hood uh, with his arm around and standing next to a white person wearing blackface. Either one of those is extraordinarily troubling, especially in these woke times. But he never had to answer which one he was because he didn't remember. How can you not remember whether or not you owned a pointed hood or not? How can you not remember whether or not you painted your face with shoe polish? One of those things is going to be in your memory. But anyway, he didn't want to have to admit to either one because then he would have to actually find a way to seek forgiveness for it. So uh, it was passed over because that's what happens in America today. If a conservative does something in their past that they're ashamed of or that is considered to be in later years like now uh, offensive or more offensive than it was at the time, their career is over. If you're a liberal like Ralph Northam, you get to keep on going. So at any rate, uh, Governor uh, uh, Ralph Northam, and and I want to I want to put a spotlight on one thing before we talk to charlie at 9 35 and get more you know in-person detail um 
I'm a little bit mad at Charlie because I didn't know he was going. I would have had him call in from the event yesterday. <laughs> and actually, I know it kind of started later in the day anyway, but uh, but I would have asked him to be a correspondent for us. So he's going to give us kind of a kind of an after the uh, uh, fact uh, uh, detail of, of what happened. But I want to shine a spotlight on this. The media yesterday was had to have been just greatly disappointed, and I mean just you know beside themselves with what do we do now we we built this up as being a white nationalist party a white supremacy party a a racist bigoted bunch of rednecks and hilljacks going to virginia to shoot their guns into the air and hate on minorities that's how they painted this and it turned out to be nothing like that nothing like that because it wasn't white nationalists that went to virginia it wasn't white supremacists it wasn't bigots it wasn't hate groups it was patriotic americans of all colors and both genders who showed up there to defend the second amendment but this is the way cnn and msnbc among others spread fear of white nationalists causing violence in virginia right now thousands of gun rights activists white nationalists militia groups all swarming the virginia state capitol there are a lot of people nervous about what's going to happen authorities in richmond are on high alert it could be a tense day such polarization what may happen in virginia several hate groups supposedly some white nationalists white nationalists white nationalists white nationalists white nationalist groups white supremacists white White supremacists, white supremacists, white extremists. This entire rally stands in in opposition to the meaning of this day. Virginia on the edge. How concerned are you that there might be some people in this crowd that may want to get violent? There's certainly a lot of concern here. Raising fears of a dangerous confrontation. It could be violence. There is real concern there about what the intention is behind this. There's a lot of concern about the potential for violence. It sparked violence. Tensions high in Virginia may cause violence there. North, I'm clearly trying to avoid another Charlottesville. Yeah. In Charlottesville. Could see a repeat of what we saw in 2017 in Charlottesville. Similar to what we saw in Charlottesville. Worrying about a repeat of Charlottesville. Horrible 2017 Charlottesville disaster. You look at what happened in Charlottesville. The two sides clashed in Charlottesville. Men walked through the capital in Virginia carrying weapons of war. Many demonstrators are in fact heavily armed heavily heavily armed heavily armed look at the gear what is this all about militia groups armed militia these militia groups far-right militias militia militia groups far-right extremists 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 look those threats which caused the governor to call for a state of emergency have simply not emerged the police very clear in saying that they have not had a single arrest uh, during this rally <sighs> extremists supremacists, racists, white nationalists. Can somebody tell me when a belief in the Constitution of the United States constitutes being a white nationalist, racist bigot? When did that start? I missed the memo. How does a Second Amendment rally in a state that is trying to revoke the Second Amendment, piece by piece, legislation by legislation in the newly elected Democratic State House, how does fighting for the Second Amendment make one a white nationalist? How does fighting for the Second Amendment 
not even fighting, how does arguing or protesting in support of the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America, how does that make one a white supremacist, a bigot, an extremist, far right? They spent hours and hours, all everything you just heard was two networks, NBC or MSNBC and CNN. That's it. They sold this thing as being so explosive and so potentially dangerous and violent. They were trying to will it into existence. I think they were trying to scare people enough that if they were going to this rally, you better be ready to fight so that everybody would be kind of on a razor's edge and very, very highly sensitive and prepared for a battle so that the, you know, a hair trigger finger, you know, would set things off. They were trying to get, and I could tell, I know this is what they were trying to do because they doggone near did it to me. I didn't go, but I was on the air yesterday talking to Tom Zawistowski about whether or not it was right. There was an article that was written that was essentially telling fellow Second Amendment supporters maybe you shouldn't go down there because it's going to become a powder keg. And the worst-case scenario is is a whole bunch of people get shot. Best-case scenario is just that a bunch of phonies wearing uh, swastikas on their clothes trying to make the Second Amendment uh, uh, rally look like it's racist in origin. They were predicting it because they were hoping it would come to fruition. They were trying to create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, what's really important is at the end of that clip that I just played, that montage of clips that I just played for you, was the truth that in the aftermath, police were quick to point out they had zero problems. They made zero arrests. Why does that matter? Why am I focusing on that? Here's why I'm focusing on that. Governor Blackface or Governor Klansman Ralph Northam took to Twitter last night praising himself and his officials, including law enforcement, for de-escalating the violence. And that it was their efforts which led to the uh, zero arrests and the uh, peaceful demonstration. I want you to listen to this tweet. Governor Blackface tweeted last night, quote, We are all thankful that today passed without incident. The teams successfully de-escalated what could have been a volatile situation. I will continue to listen to the voices of Virginians and will do everything in my power to keep our Commonwealth safe. This man, I would call him a bald-faced liar, but instead I'll call him a black-faced liar because he hasn't clarified which one he was. This man is a bald black-faced liar. There was nothing to de-escalate. There was nothing that had to be tamped down before it got bigger. There were peaceful Second Amendment advocates of all shapes and sizes and colors and both sexes who were there to argue against the repressive Virginia movement to take away the Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms. This guy literally tried to say there was going to be a bunch of violence, but our teams, meaning give me a pat on the back, we kept it peaceful. The shame of this man knows no bounds. And I want to repeat a line. I want to steal a line from Twitter from somebody I don't know, but I do follow, who's a great meme creator, by the way. 
who kind of summarized what Northam did here. Quote, this is the equivalent of pretending your house is on fire and then awarding yourself a medal for bravely putting it out. That's a perfect analogy. That is exactly what what Ralph Northam just did. All right, it's 922. We'll take a time. I'll come right back at this in 1420 If you want to uh, reach me by social media, you can do so on Twitter and Facebook and Parlor at France Radio. It's F-R-A-N-T-Z, France Radio. I would very much like to hear from you there. i got a couple of great messages already that I'll share with you in a bit, but I do want to go to the phones first. BJ is in North Olmstead, wants to get in uh, before we get to uh, the bottom of the hour news break. Hi, BJ, go ahead. Thank you so much, Bob. Certainly. This is not an impeachment against Donald Trump. It's an impeachment against the American people that supported Donald Trump and the prosperity that's going on currently, not only in this country, but with this Spanish triggered around the world. It is an impeachment of the people of the world by what they're attempting to do today. These people so hate the prosperity and so hate freedom and so hate life that they're not impeaching this man. They're impeaching all of us that support what this man has accomplished. And I thank you for your time, and I hope we all keep that in mind. Well, thank you're you, 100% Bob. right. Thank you, BJ. You're 100% right. I think it was, was it Newt this morning? It might have been Newt Gingrich this morning. I was watching on uh, Fox and Friends. I can't swear to it um, because there were a few other good guests there as I mixed that in with Hugh Hewitt this morning. Anyway, uh, one of them uh, said that this impeachment of Donald Trump is absolutely not over the law. It has nothing to do with the law. It has nothing to do with the U.S. criminal code. It has nothing to do with high crimes and misdemeanors. It has nothing to do with Ukraine. They are impeaching a man because they hate him. And whoever it was that was on TV this morning said, then he'll tweet something and it'll make them hate him even more. Then he'll say something during a speech. He'll use profanity and it makes them hate him even more. This is the first time in American history that we have a fully partisan that means nobody from the president's party joined in the impeachment articles from the House. Zero. And that's because this isn't about the law. It is about their pure hatred for the man. And that is so true. And when they say, or not, they don't say it out loud, but when it becomes so clear that this impeachment is over their hatred for him, B.J. is right. It makes clear their hatred for us. We voted for him. We elected him. If they impeach him, they are impeaching us. They're telling us that you don't matter, that we are are irrelevant, and they can wipe out our will and wipe out our votes and wipe out the results of an election if they so choose because of their hatred for him and thus their hatred for us. If you doubt that in any way, just Google Attacks on Trump supporters. You will find buckets and buckets of stories, tons of them, about people wearing MAGA hats or people wearing MAGA shirts or people with Trump signs in their yard or people with Trump signs on their bumper stickers on their cars, vandalism attacks, etc., etc. They hate him and thus they hate us. And when they try to impeach him, BJ's right, they're trying to impeach us. We're going to talk much more about the impeachment situation coming up. 
with Peter Kersenow at 1010. But right now we're going to get news in on the flip side. we got a Patriot, a Northeast Ohio Patriot, went down with some other Patriots to Virginia yesterday to protect and defend the Second Amendment for Virginians because when you protect it for one state, you protect it for all Americans. My friend Charlie Kalani was there. He's going to give us a first-hand account of what the media lied to us about coming up on 1420 The Answer. All right, 935, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. So the uh, governor of Virginia has proven to be a black-faced liar. Uh, I'm going to keep using that phrase because uh, bald-faced liar is the actual term, but since uh, he won't cop to either being the hooded Klansman or the blackface uh, uh, shameful um, uh, white person uh, discrediting and embarrassing uh, African Americans in his uh, medical school yearbook. We'll just we'll just kind of default to the blackface. So anyway, Governor Blackface uh, uh, Northam says that his team did a great job. He wants praise for this. He did, his team did a great job of uh, keeping down the uh, uh, the violence, de-escalating what could have been a volatile situation. Well, according to virtually everybody who was actually on the scene in Richmond, Virginia, there was no volatility to de-escalate. Joining us now is my friend Charlie Kalani, who's a business owner, by the way, and a phenomenal one, too. Uh, Charlie's Auto Repair in Lakewood, just about the only other place I uh, trust to do my car other than my good friends at the Kowalski Ford Service Department. Charlie Kalani went down yesterday with a contingent of Northeast Ohioans to um, support the Constitution and our Second Amendment. Charlie, how are you, my man? Good morning, Bob. How are you? Good morning. Uh, late night for you? When did you get back? Uh, I got back in. I, by the time I got back to my house, it was about 11.30 at night. And then, uh, of course, the weather was wrong, so I had to throw my snowplow on and go take care of things in that department uh, when I got back. So by the time wow. I got home, it was about 2.30 in the morning and then 8 o'clock this morning uh, to open up. So wow, rock and roll. Wow! Well, you know what? You're you're yeah, good for you, man. You're uh, you're an Iron Man. I appreciate you coming on with us and taking some time out of your uh, jobs this morning. All right. So, Charlie, first of all, uh, who went down with you? How many people? So, I uh, I belong to a group in the state of Ohio. We call ourselves the Heartland Defenders. Uh, we're a uh, constitutional, you know, preparedness group uh, centered around the Constitution and protecting our rights and educating other modern day uh, patriots on protecting their rights uh you know by no means are are we consider ourselves militia or anything like that um but you know obviously the majority of us have our chls and own firearms and all rally around that uh idea and uh but we're you know we're from we're made up from people all over the state of ohio from cincinnati to cleveland to youngstown dayton manawa xenia everywhere and uh about 16 of us uh, went down there uh, on uh, Sunday and uh, spent the night and got up, walked ourselves to the rally in the morning, and uh, the rest is history. All right. So, uh, that, well, let's talk about that history. Let's talk about what happened. So yeah. did you go down there listening, Charlie, to the media, I played a montage at the beginning of the show of just CNN right. and MSNBC calling, well, you and everybody else who decided to go to Richmond, Virginia, white nationalists, white race, or, excuse me, white supremacists, et cetera, et cetera. Did you go, and predicting violence, did you go down there expecting or predicting anything, Charlie? You know, Bob, I went down there with 
probably a lot more optimism than I should have had. And it would have been really easy for me to get bitten in the butt um, had something happened. I went down there. We, we, we all went down there with, with a, a, a positive attitude and a positive, um, you know, mindset on what was going to happen. And, and, you know, we smell this BS from the media and governor. I call him governor KKK blackface because again, like you said, he won't tell anybody which one he was in the picture. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I mean, we, we, we smelled this garbage from a mile away. And so we went down there and on top of that, our state lead got in touch with a local black lives matter group that was down there that he saw the guy post some videos on about how amazed he was at one of the second amendment sanctuary meetings that he attended because he lives in Virginia. And we also were in contact with a group known as the pink pistols, um, which was a, a, a group made up uh, primarily of, of uh, LGBT people after the Pulse nightclub shooting who wanted to start learning how to defend themselves with firearms, but they were afraid because they, bought into the media narrative that we're all a bunch of, you know, crazy white nationalist uh, wackadoodles that are, you know, have a bigoted mindset. And Bob, we did yesterday what the left and the Democrats have never been able to do. We had unity yesterday. We had camaraderie. We were able to look past all those social issue nonsense that the left wants to keep us all fighting amongst ourselves for over. And, and, you know, I have, you know, I have similar views on a lot of this stuff as you do, Sure, but you know, we, we said, let's put all that garbage aside. This is what we need to focus on because this involves everybody, no matter, you know, where you sit politically. I said, we can go back to hating ourselves, hating each other, over all the piddly stuff later. And, and that's what it was. We, you know, there, there was people arm and armed with black lives matter, uh, people that were down there and, and it was, it was great. It was great. And, you know, and as far as the governor's remarks about that, he had anything to do with deescalating anything. You know, I was in a great mood last night until I saw that tweet that he put out and, uh, and boy, did that send me right over the edge. Uh, and, and I, I had some not nice things to say, but <laughs> while well, you, you, you know, and a lot of other people, Charlie, uh, Charlie, did, he, there was, is, is, hold on a second, Charlie, uh, go ahead. You, you, by the way, you'd be a good Senator. You know how to filibuster. Um, Charlie, uh, is, Charlie Kalani is a member of a, a group uh, of uh, uh, patriots who went down from Ohio yesterday to Richmond to, if you just turn the radio on, to uh, support the Second Amendment and to oppose Governor Northam, Governor Blackface, and uh, the uh, newly elected Democratic legislature who are trying to essentially repeal the Second Amendment for the state of Virginia. Uh, Charlie, what, what else did you see there? Um, 
I was afraid, and a lot of other people were too, that there, not that there were going to be white supremacists there, because I know that the true Second Amendment supporters of all colors, which you pointed out, you saw people uh, of of, uh, of every race, um, of, of men and women, and, and, and so on and so forth, all there to support the Second Amendment. Heck, there were even liberals who supported the Second Amendment who don't believe this nonsense. It's going too far. Um, Absolutely. But I was afraid that there would be phony... Um, Racist, white nationalists. The, the way they infiltrated. Oh yeah, that was another. That was another. Wearing Confederate flags or swastikas and trying to make it look right. like the the rest of you there are representing some sort of uh, racial point of view. Right. So while we were down there, I saw, I think, one Confederate flag, but it was a very small Confederate flag on like a handheld sign, but it also had a, a you know it, it was it was it was for the purpose of having the pro second amendment message attached to it but there was none of that you know what there was there was one group of of 20 uh idiots from the uh revolutionary communist party the revcoms oh yeah and yeah. uh and they tried and they tried starting some garbage just again just like we we figured just like charlottesville you know the governor said oh we don't want another charlottesville but then he went ahead and tried to create the exact same conditions that led to Charlottesville by putting everybody in a cage, which we, we uh, affectionately labeled as the quote-unquote freedom cage. Um, the real freedom was, was in the streets. But anyways, um, uh, so, so they started a bunch of garbage in the middle of an intersection as people were trying to leave. And about, <laughs> let's see, about maybe 250 of us um, you know, some of us visibly, uh, carrying with, uh, rifles and stuff. Uh, everybody in our group was carrying pretty much concealed because, uh, you know, we weren't trying to draw attention or anything. Um, because but, uh, we knew how the media would try to frame it. Right. But, uh, we got around them and started chanting, you know, USA, USA. And, uh, when 250, uh, patriotic Americans, uh, let me just say this, they moved, out of the area very quickly. Well, which so, is which is not surprising incident. to me. And, and I will say this. While I did fear the worst because, again, the potential for this type of sabotaging a peaceful event is there by those kind of infiltrators, while I did fear the worst, I also thought to myself it would be a pretty stupid place for them to come in come in and start committing violent acts. Because when somebody exactly, assaults which is why somebody we knew else, it was all BS. A, bunch of gun, yeah, a bunch of gun owners who are probably going to be carrying, um, you know, might be a bit of... of uh, what it did, Charlie, tell me if you agree here. I'm going to make this analogy. What you had yesterday at this rally filled with gun owners who are potentially or possibly or likely carrying, it was the equivalent of the sign on the restaurant, the church, the school, or whatever that says, um, concealed carry hold uh, weapons holders are welcome here. And 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 it right. stands in stark contrast to the the churches, the the schools, and the restaurants and the buildings that say uh, this is a gun free zone. Nobody ever attacks a place where concealed weapons carrier uh, carry holders are are there. Nobody ever attacks no. them because they know they're going to get shot back at. Uh, they always you know, I've, choose I've, the, the the target. You know the environment of 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 sitting ducks where there are you know the the, the proverbial gun free zones. That's what they always do. So yesterday was the ultimate you know non gun free zone. If you go and attack these people, you you really are, are are playing with fire. No, absolutely not. And and you'd have to be a, a real moron 
to to think to try something like that. I mean, I got to figure that guy in the in the Texas church that got his lights taken out after six seconds, uh, unfortunately, was able to kill two people. But obviously, that guy had to be pretty stupid uh, or didn't know what uh, what the policy was in that church in order to go in there and try to start shooting people because that's exactly what it is. And, and one of the things I learned when I got my conceal and carry license um, back in 2009, um, no, 2007, I uh, one of the things we learned there was that until the criminals have to think twice about taking a chance of, commi- uh, of on losing their life when committing a crime, you will never see a reduction in crime. And that's just the way it is. So until the criminal has to second guess themselves and think, boy, this, this, this girl here that I'm going to try and take advantage of, is, is it possible she could be carrying a small pistol and, right. Right. And, and put me down if I try anything? Oh, maybe I, maybe I better just uh, go get a job and do things the right way and stop being an idiot. You know, and then, no. and, and, and until we have more, they only get, until we get rid of these, these criminal protection zones, yep. you're not going to see a drop in this, unfortunately. That's a, that's the right description. Criminal protection zones. That is exactly what it is. Uh, Charlie, last thing before you go, and I appreciate you uh, coming on this morning. I know you're tired. Sure. You had a lot of work to do in the garage there. But, yeah. um, do you feel like you accomplished anything? See, my concern is kind of like the women's march. You know, they went out there and they right. stomped their feet and this and that and the other. Did anything change from Saturday to Sunday? No. Um, at the end of the day, there's still a bunch of liberal Democrats who are now in control of the Virginia State House, and of course, a liberal Virginia uh, governor and Governor Blackface. Um, you know, do you feel like they're going to have paid any attention to what you did yesterday, or they're just going to wait for you to leave? And by the way, speaking of leaving. Speak to this also, yes. Charlie. You didn't. That's the one thing I saw yesterday: photos oh. and videos of thousands of Second Amendment supporters cleaning up the trash on the streets and in the grass areas and everywhere else around the Capitol. There, making sure that it was it. left clean and pristine compared to the we, trash left behind by every liberal march or protest organization yep. you have ever seen. That was so huge. Yeah, we left that place cleaner than it was when we got there. When the when the rally was over with and the crowd started thinning out, uh, there was probably I, I I'll bet I saw at least seventy five to one hundred people whip out garbage bags and start walking around and have you know getting trash from people. Um, you know those those orange stickers that they put out there. Yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't stick very well to clothing, so right. a lot of them blew off and got stuck to the ground. We're scraping those off the ground. Um, and put and throwing them in the trash. No, you you absolutely right. And uh, as far as as far as the accomplishing or anything, um, there we had a lot of you know. There's a lot of skepticism, obviously, that you know, as soon as we had our day there, and as soon as we leave, they were just going to go and and ramrod whatever they felt like doing, you know, regardless. Uh, right. What I do think we accomplished, and I know they'll never let on about it. Obviously, by the way, the governor reacted uh, last night, but. With the goes back to the to the unity aspect of it. I, I'm I'll bet you that we scared the ever loving crap out of every liberal in the media and every liberal politician when they saw a bunch of rednecks, transgenders, gay people, Second Amendment activists, black people. There was a, 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 a Vietnamese group there holding a Vietnamese for Trump sign. When they saw that group of people get together, 
and rally around one issue without one incident, you know doggone as well as I do that that scares the ever-loving crap out of those people because they thrive off of division. Yeah, that, that is exactly what they do, and that's exactly why what you guys did yesterday, 25,000-plus strong, uh, that's exactly what you did uh, a great job of of, uh, of pointing out, that unity and peace and, and, and doing things the right way can win the day. And that's the difference, quite frankly, between quote-unquote them and quote-unquote us. Charlie, thank yeah, you, Peace that we kept, not, not the governor. What's that? Peace that we kept, not the governor. That's right, because there was nothing to de-escalate because you guys did everything the right way. Charlie Kalani from uh, Charlie's uh, Auto Repair in Lakewood. I appreciate you going down, and I appreciate you coming on to share with us. Anytime, Bob. See you. Thank you, Charlie. God bless. All right, uh, quick time out here. Come back in. If you want to get a call in before cursing out at the top of the hour, dial now, 216-901-0945. Yes, indeed it is. What an amazing day yesterday. I'm going to continue just to congratulate the Second Amendment supporters who went down there peacefully to demonstrate and express their views about uh, the Constitution of the United States in uh, in, uh, opposition to the unbelievable gun grabbing uh, being perpetrated right now by Governor Northam, Governor Blackface, and the rest of the uh, Liberal Democrats. And I also want to make sure, while I congratulate the uh, Second Amendment supporters down there, I want to make sure that we announce and continue to repeat the extraordinary, uh, disgusting manner in which the uh, American media, the leftist media, behaved here. They were not just predicting violence. They were rooting for violence. They were hoping for violence. They wanted there to be violence so that they could say, this lays at the feet of Donald Trump. They wanted there to be white white supremacists there causing violence so they can say, look at that, white supremacists. They support the Second Amendment. You know who else supports Second Amendment? Donald Trump. Clearly, Donald Trump is a white supremacist, and the blood is on his hands for the disgusting uh, and uh, terrible, destructive behavior yesterday. This is what they were rooting for. And they didn't get it. And now they're just silent about it. Now they've got nothing. Here's the problem. They don't want to admit that they literally followed the lead of a 19-year-old punk kid who knows nothing, but he doesn't know his butthole from his elbow. And I'm talking about David Hogg. David Hogg was one of the Parkland students who you know became the face of the anti-gun campaign uh, after the uh, terrible shooting in Parkland, Florida. David Hogg has been in the public eye because that's what he wanted. He spent 72 straight hours online and doing interviews predicting a bunch of white supremacists shooting and killing everybody in Virginia, predicting it, declaring this to be a, a, a state of emergency. Virginia is, 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 is going to burn because of the white supremacists, because of their love with guns and blah, blah, blah. David Hogg literally charted the talking points. He wrote the bullet points for the media to follow, and they followed it dutifully. This is what happens. This is what happens to the American left, particularly the leftist-run media. They'll find somebody who is supposed to be beyond reproach. And this, by the way, is different when I say they try to find kids. They'll put up 16-year-old Greta Thunberg to advance the climate change lie, because if you criticize her, what's wrong with you? You're a grown man condemning and criticizing a, a defenseless child. This is what they do. 
Same thing with David Hogg. Oh, he was he was in the building during the terrible shooting in Parkland. You can't criticize him. He's only a child. He's not even an adult. He's 19 years old. This is what they do. And it's different, by the way, than criticizing Baron Trump or something of that nature when he does nothing to involve himself in the public square. These guys do it. They ask for it. They get it. Back after this. This is AM 1420, The Answer, WHK, W273DG, Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group, with your local...